Shalom to all. Today's daf is based on Lama Test. We are starting three lines from the top at the two dots. And today's daf is sponsored by Ilu Nishmas, Mars, Miriam, Sarah, Basar, Yaakov, Meisha, her Neshama should have an aliyah. And in honor of the yardside of Reb Yachmiel, Mordechai, Ben Reb Chaim, his Neshama should have an aliyah, and he should be a Melech for his family and all of Klal Yisrael. And the Mishnah concluded by saying, Rabbi Huda Paita Ramayim, this was the halacha that when a woman borrows water and salt for her dough, the water and salt still retains the tchum of the lender, and therefore the borrower must not bring it out of the lender's tchum. Now Rabbi Huda argued that water isn't noticeable in the dough, and therefore does not retain the tchum of the lender. The Gemara asks, Maim in Melech Loi, only water has this halacha and not salt. Vahatani, we have a brisa. Rabbi Huda Imer, he says, Maim u Melech Batalin, Ben Beisa, Ben Bekadero. The water and salt, their bottle, whether it's in a dough or in a dish. So he answered, like Hasha, no problem. Haba Melech Sadimus. The brisa is talking about Melech Sadimus, which is a very fine salt and therefore it is bottle in the dough and in the dish. Haba Melech Hysterikonis, our Misha is talking about Isterikian salt, which is very coarse and therefore will not become bottle in the dough. The Gemara asks, Vahatani, we have a question on the water. Rabbi Huda Imer, he says, Maim u Melech Batalin, Beisa, water and salt are going to be bottle in the dough, but the ain betalin begdera, they're not going to be bottle in a dish, mipnei raitva, because of the liquid or the soup of the dish. And we know that when Rabbi Huda and our Mishnah said that water is bottle, he was talking about not only dough, but also about a dish. So the Gemara answers, like Kasha, no problem. Haba Ave, our Mishnah is talking about a very thick dish, and therefore it is going to be bottle because the water is not noticeable on that thick dish. Haba Racha, however, the Bryce is talking about a very liquidy dish, and therefore you could still see the liquid, and therefore it's not going to be bottle. And the Mishnah continues talking about the tchum of an object. Hagacheles, a coal, karagle habailim. It's only allowed to be brought where the bailim, where the owner of that coal is allowed to go. Vishal Heves, however, a flame, Bechol Makim, is allowed to be brought in any place. If you take your candle and you light it from someone else's flame, you're allowed to take this new flame of yours and bring it wherever you want. You're not limited to that original flame that you lit your flame from. Gachel shall Hektish, a coal belonging to Hektish, Mylin, but if a person benefits from it, he's going to be over Me'ila. Vishal Heves, however, a flame belonging to Hektish, Loi Nanin, Lechatchila, a person is not allowed to benefit from it, but Loi Mylin, however, he's not going to be over Me'ila. Hamaitzi Gachel Sushasurabim, if a person carries out a Gachel to the Rushasurabim, Chaiv, he's going to be Chaiv because he carried something out. Vishal have his potter. However, if he carried a flame out onto the Shisram, he's potter because it ain't by mom, she doesn't have anything to it. And now the Gemara says, Tonarabana, we have a brysa. Chamisha Dvaram Nerim Begachelis, there were five things that were said about a coal. In our mission, we had three, and this brysa adds on another two. Hagachelis Karagla Bailim, a coal is like the feet of the owner, it's only allowed to be brought where the owner's allowed to go. Vishal Heves, and the flame, Bechal Makim, is allowed to be brought anywhere. Gachelis shall Hektish, a Gachelis belonging to Hektish, Mylin Ba, if a person benefits from it, he is going to be over Me'ila. Vishal Heves, however, flame belonging to Hektish, a person is not allowed to derive benefit from it. However, if he does do so, he is not going to be over Me'ila. And Gachel shall Avaydazara, a coal belonged to Avaydazara, meaning it was lit for Avaydazara. A surah, a person is not allowed to benefit from that coal. Vishal Heves, however, a flame that was lit for Avaydazara, Muteris, that is permitted Lechatchila, a person can take his candle and light his candle from a flame that was lit for Avaydazara. Hamaitzi Gachel Sorshusarabim, if a person carries a Gachel out to Rishusarabim, Chayv, he would be Chayv for doing that. Vishal Heves, Potter, but if he carries a flame out to Rishusarabim, he's Potter. Hamudar Hanome Chaveri, if a person he made a nether that he is not going to derive benefit from his friend, Asr Begachaltai, so he is not allowed to derive benefit from his friend's coal. However, he is allowed to derive benefit from his friend's flame. He is allowed to take his candle and light it from his friend's flame. And now the Gemara asks, Why is it that we are allowed to light a flame from a flame that was lit for Avaydazara? Why is it you are not allowed to light your candle from a flame that was lit for Hektish, a Hektish flame? So the Gemara answers, Avaydazara is repulsive. And people stay very far away from it. That's because a Jew doesn't want to get anywhere near Avodah Zarah. Therefore, the Rabban were not geyser, and they were not afraid that if you're going to light your candle from an Avodah Zarah flame, that you're going to end up using more of the Avodah Zarah. However, Hektish, Deloimais, Hektish isn't repulsive like Avodah Zarah is, and people don't stay far away from it, for sure not for the same reason why people stay away from Avodah Zarah. Therefore, Chamim were afraid, and Gazer Barabanan, they were geyser, you are not allowed to light your candle from a Hektish flame. And we had said in the Mishnah, 
Ram, if a person carries a coal out to the Rosh Ram Chayv, he would be Chayv for doing that. But if shall have his potter, if he carries a flame out to the Rosh Ram, he's potter. As the Gemara Vatani, we have a Brisa. Hamaisi shall have his call Shu Chayv. If a person carries out even the smallest flame into the Rosh Ram, he would be Chayv for that. Amar Sheshes he answers, how is it that a person is going to be Chayv for carrying a flame out into the Rosh Rabim? Kigun, for example, Shaitzio Bekesom, he brought it out attached to a splinter, meaning we had this little splinter of wood that was burning, and that flame, since it's burning on a splinter of wood, it's considered Chashuv, and he's Chayv for carrying out that flame. The Gemara asks, with Hippoglamish Kesom, why don't we just say that he's Chayv because he carried out the actual splinter of wood and not the flame? We answer, but the Lesley Shira, that splinter of wood didn't have the shear that he would be Chayv for carrying out into the Rosh Rabim. Didnan, we have a Mishnah. Hamaiti ate him. If a person carries wood out into the Rosh Rabim, he's only be Chayv if he carries out the man of wood, enough to cook an easily cooked egg. But if it's anything less than that, he's not going to be Chayv for carrying out the wood. And in this scenario, a Kesom is too small to be Chayv on, so he's going to be Chayv for carrying out the flame. Abayamar, he argues with Avshashas, and he says that a splinter of wood is too small, and that flame is going to be extinguished very quickly, and therefore, that's not considered something that's chashuv that you would be chai for carrying out to the Shosarabim. So therefore, it's a different case. Kugain, for example, the shai fei you took a kli and you covered it with oil, ba'asli be'nura, and then you lit that on fire. That fire is something that's chashuv, and it's not going to go out very quickly, and therefore, you'd be chai for carrying that fire out. The Gemara asks, hold on, v'tepe klei mishumana, why don't we just say that you're chai because you carried out the actual kli? We say, b'chaspa, it's a piece of pottery, it's not a kli. We say, okay, v'tepe klei mishumachaspa, why don't we say that you're chai for carrying out this piece of pottery? So we answer, but the Leslie Shira, there wasn't a requisite shear in that piece of pottery that he would be chayiv for. Did not we have a Mishnah? Cheres, in order to be chayiv a guy for carrying out cheres into Shusharabim, that's only if he carries out the amount. That's Rabbi Huda's opinion. When building a door frame, oftentimes the wood of the frame, called patsim, didn't fit precisely in the doorway. In order to close the gaps between the frame and the doorway, or to elevate the threshold of the frame, or to level it out, small pieces of pottery were inserted where necessary, and only that size piece of pottery is going to be chayiv a guy that carries it out into Shusharabim, but not something less than that. But now the Gemara asks, El Hadidnan, that which we had said previously, Hamaiti shall have as potter, that if a person carries a flame out into the Shusram, he's potter, Hechim Shkachasal. How are we going to find that he's potter? We just had a number of scenarios how he's going to be chayv. So where is it that he's going to be potter? The Gemara answers, Kigan da Adia Duyel Shusrabim. He threw the flame into the Shusrabim. There was a fire burning at the edge of the Shusr Yachid, right next to the Shusrabim, and he fanned the flame with his hand, and a flame leapt out into the Shusrabim. Since that's not attached to anything, it's aimed by Mamish. In that scenario, he's not going to be chayv for having that flame go into the Shusarabim. And the Mishnah continues talking about Tchumen. Barshal Yachid, a water cistern owned by a Yachid, by an individual, Kiragla Yachid. So the water inside takes on the Tchum of the one that owns it, and it's not going to be brought anywhere besides for where that person's allowed to go. Vishal Anche Oisoyir, however, a water cistern belonging collectively to the entire city, Kiragla Anche Oisoyir, so that water's allowed to go wherever the people of the city are allowed to go. Now, if one person extended his Tchum that he's able to go further than other people in the city, he's not allowed to bring the water that far because the other people of the city aren't allowed to go that far either. Vishal Oilei Bavel, however, a water cistern of Oilei Bavel, Karagle Hamale, that takes on the Tchum of the person that filled it up. There were water cisterns along the way for those journeying to Eretz Yisrael to enable them to have sufficient water for the journey, so whoever fills up his jug from there, that water takes on his Tchum. Now the Gemara says, Rami Lei Ravler of Nachman, Rava Es of Nachman, question. Tanan, our mission said, Barshal Yachid, Karagle HaYachid, that a privately owned water cistern, so that water takes on the Tchum of the person that owns it. But Rabbi will ask you a steer, the Bryce says, Nahars HaMashkin, flowing streams, Umayanas Hanoivim, and gushing springs, they are like the feet of all people. That means they have no tchum whatsoever. So therefore, if a person fills up his jug from this stream and then he gives it to someone else and he gives it to a third person, wherever that water is, it's allowed to be carried by whomever is holding it. So we see that water in a privately owned spring or stream is not limited to the tchum of the person that owns it. So Amar, he answered, what are we talking about over here? Our mission is talking about water that's gathered in a pit. It's a water cistern. It's a water pit. It's a water hole. It's not talking about something that's like a spring or a river that's constantly flowing with new water. 
When we have water that's gathered in a hole and needs to be refilled, it's not refilled by the stream that's feeding it, so then it acquires a tchum. However, when we have a stream that's constantly flowing, that water does not acquire tchum, and therefore that water is allowed to be brought wherever. And we had said in the Mishnah, water in a pit that's designated for all these people that are journeying to Eretz Yisrael, it takes on the tchum of a person that filled it up. Now, Ithmar was stated, let's say he filled up this jug and he gave it to his friend, and that's what his intent was when filling the jug. He had an intent to fill it up and give it to his friend. Rav Nachman, he says, it takes on the tchum of the one that it was filled up for, meaning it takes on the tchum of the friend. Rav Sheshesamr, he says, no, that water takes on the tchum of the one that filled it up, and therefore when he gives it to his friend, his friend is limited to keeping it within the filler's tchum. The Gemara asks, what do they argue about? So it seems to be that they're arguing, Rav Sheshes holds, this bar is actually hefker, and therefore when he fills the water, even though his intent is for his friend, Rav Sheshes holds that if one picks up a hefker item with intent to acquire it for his friend, his friend is not kainet, and this water is hefker, and therefore the filler is kainet, thereby acquiring the tchum of the filler, not the fili, if that's even a word. And Umar Savar of Nachman holds beer the shutfehu, this bar is owned jointly by everyone, and therefore when he fills it up and gives it to his friend, so now it's like it's his friend's water and it takes on his friend's tchum and not his tchum. But now we have a question, according to you that this bar that's allowed to be used by everyone is considered like it's jointly owned and it's not hefker, what about the following case? If a person says, I'm on to you, Cherem. Now, even though the word Cherem is usually used to make something hectish, in this context, it just means that the Neider, the one making the vow, is prohibiting his property on someone else. So Hamudar Asr, the one that had the vow made on him, he is not allowed to benefit from the one that made the Neider's property. Let's say he says, You are Cherem on to me. So Hanoider Asr, the one that made the Neider, he's not allowed to have benefit from his friend's property. Let's say he said, I'm on to you and you are on to me, Cherem. So Shnei Masrim Zebazet, neither of them are allowed to derive benefit from each other. However, they are permitted to derive benefit from that which is considered to belonging to Oile Bavel. Now, what's that? When the Yidin and Gal's Bavel went back to Eretz Yisrael, as we should all be zechut to Bekar of Mamish, they made certain properties Hefker for all of Klai Yisrael to benefit from. Since these are Hefker, no one has the ability to ask them onto someone else. But they are also to derive benefit from something that belongs collectively to everyone in the city that they live in. That's because it's considered a Shutfis, and they all own it, and therefore they're not allowed to have benefit from this thing. Now, what is considered to be belonging to Eli Bavel that's considered Hefker and everyone's allowed to derive benefit from? Har Habayas, Har Habayas, Halashachas, all the different chambers, Vazaris, and all the different courtyards of the Beis HaMikdash, Ubar Shal Emzah and this water pit that's in the middle of the way for the journeyers, and Ve'ilohin Shal Eisayir, what's considered to be belonging to everyone in the city, Harachayv, the town square, Ubeis HaKnesus, Ashol, Ubeis HaMerchatz, and the bathhouse. Now, here's the question that Rav is asking on Rav Nachman. V'i'amrit, if you're going to say the beard is Shutfehu, that this bar is really considered to be owned by partners, so on my mutter, why are these two people who are Maidr Hanah from each other, they're not allowed to benefit from each other. Why are they permitted to have benefit from this pit? Why are they allowed to use this water? But tonight we have a mission that says, If we have partners that they were neither Hanah from each other and they said we're not going to drive benefit from each other, assume the Kanash the they're not allowed to walk into a jointly owned Chatzar. And by that same token, they should not be allowed to derive benefit from this water pit. It's considered like they're Shutfim in this water and therefore they're not allowed to take from the water. Why is it that we say that they are allowed to take from this water? So Gemara says, Rav Nachman would answer, You're right. If they want to wash themselves in the water of their pit, that's Asr. But skin, what are we talking about over here? That it's Mutter Lamalais. If they want to fill up their water jugs from the pit, each one is really just filling up from his own water. Rav Nachman over here is holding of the concept of Brera that we've encountered many times already. It's called retroactive clarification. When he fills up his jug with water, we say that retroactively it's been clarified that that water was always his and it was never subject to this Isra Hana that they now have on each other. The Gemara right away asks, Does Rav Nachman 
doesn't really hold to the concept of Breira of Atanan, we have a Mishnah. And now this Mishnah needs a three-part introduction, and we actually learned for this in Mesechus Shkalim. So every year, every Jewish male of age had to give a machzah shekel, half a shekel, to the Besamekdash treasury. These coins often got rubbed out and lost a bit of value, and therefore the Gizbarim, the temple treasurers, would exchange them for coins of larger denomination. Due to the slight discrepancy between the half shekel coin and the larger one, the Chum instituted that one must also give a kolbein, a bit more than this machzah shekel, in order to make up the difference. So even two people combining their machzah shekel into one payment have to each add his kolbein, and therefore two partners as well. And important to note, our main focus here is the partners, the shutfim, so pay attention. These partners, even when paying from their shared funds, they must each add the kolbein. A father, however, paying for his two sons does not need to add a kolbein. Now, the opposite applies to Meiser Behema. Every year, one must make an accounting of the new animals born to him and separate Meiser from those. This applies only to animals owned by an individual and not to animals owned by partners. And one bit more, brothers can be considered partners in their father's Yerusha in two different ways. After the father dies, before the division of the Yerusha, they're considered partners, but to a limited extent, this is known as Tfisas Habayas. Now, after they divide their Yerusha, if they decide to partner up and join assets, then they're considered like regular partners. So now that we know all this information, we can continue with this Mishnah. Ha'achin we have brothers that are partners in one of these two ways that we just mentioned. If they're chayv in the kalbain, that's the way that their partnership was set up, meaning they're regular partners, and therefore they're chayv to give the kalbain, so then they are potter from Meiser Behema, because we said partners are potter from giving Meiser Behema. However, if they're chayv to give Meiser Behema, because they're not real partners, they're just partners in the way of Tfisas Habayas, so then they're potter from kalbain, because when they take their machzah shekel from their father's estate, it's as if their father is paying the machzah shekel for them, and they do not have to give the kalbain. Now, the Amr of Anan, Rav Anan said, this is only taught that they're considered like regular partners. That's only if they split the goats and the sheep. If they split the goats evenly and the sheep evenly, so then each brother could say, This is his chalik that was always coming to him. Now let's explain Rav Anan's shita. If the division of the Rusha was done by one brother taking sheep and the other goats, then when they partnered up again, they're considered like full-fledged partners. Why is that? Because goats and sheep are different and in order to make a fair division, a professional assessment has to be made. Once the division is made, it's more like a sale than a regular division of a Yerusha. Therefore, each brother, so to speak, acquired his portion, and now their partnership is like any other partnership. However, says Rav Anan, if they made an even division, you take five goats, I take five goats, you take black sheep and three bags of wool, and so will I, and then they partner up, they're really just reverting back to the stage of Tfisa Sabayas, because each brother says, and here's what's important, that due to Brera, it turns out that whatever each one received is really his all along, and therefore the partnership isn't anything new. And now here comes our proof that Rav Nachman does not hold of Brera, Rav Nachman Amr, he says, even though they made an even division, each one took half the sheep and half the goats. Ain Oimer, they cannot say that this was really his chelik that was coming to him all along because Rav Nachman does not hold a Brera. So therefore, we can't answer Rav's question on him by saying that Rav Nachman really holds a Brera. Back to the original question of Rav Nachman, if he holds that the public buyers are really owned by Shutfes, then why is one allowed to take water from it when he may not benefit from his friend? So we have a totally different answer to explain the machlekes between Rav Nachman and Rav Sheshas. Everyone agrees, meaning even Rav Nachman agrees, that this bar is Hefker, it's completely Hefker, it's not owned by anyone. Over here, the whole is that when he picks up a Metziah, something that's Hefker for his friend, is he himself Kainit. Everyone agrees that his friend is not Kainit. The question is that when he picks it up with intent for his friend to Kainit, is he himself Kainit? Rav Sheshis holds that he himself is Kainit, and therefore when he drew that water, even though he drew it for his friend, he's Kainit, and therefore takes on his own Tchum. Rav Nachman holds he's not Kainit himself, and therefore when he gives it to his friend, his friend is now Kainit, and now it takes on his friend's Tchum and not his Tchum. We're going to stop here for the day, pick up tomorrow with a fresh Mishnah. For now, everyone should have a wonderful day.